Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. So I'm nervous. Hello Egg Chasers, this is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously, back in the rugby dungeon after, well, today's been a barren wasteland of no rugby, um, that's, that's been tough, uh, but we are here nonetheless to talk about all the Premiership Pro 14 Super Rugby that's been going on over the weekend, the other stories from the Rugby Week and looking ahead to round three of the Six Nations, JB is opposite me. Hello Tim. Wearing footwear. Ooh. Yep. Very considerate, given that we are currently streaming live on YouTube. Yeah. Go and find us on YouTube. Yeah, fairly fairly miserable this week. Uh, all my teams won. So, obviously, I should be ecstatic, but I just can't quite get there. Talk <laughs> H won. And uh, Benison Treviso won. So, I don't know why I'm in this foul mood. <laughs> Inexplicable, isn't it? Inexplicable. And Phil's gone from Nicola Sturgeon-esque hair. He's, we're, going, we're getting into Fonz territory here. He's <laughs> <laughs> getting a bit long at the moment. It's been, I think it's coming up for three months now since I wow. last had it cut. And I'm a bit beardy as well. well I mean, that's because that's, that, that's your personal self-grieving is, is the last thing on your mind at the minute. Congratulations. Thank you very much, Tim. On, on growing our listener numbers by a num- another one. Yes. Young, uh, young Thomas. Young Thomas has arrived. Indeed. Which rugby player was that named after? Thomas Young. <laughs> I was expecting Corbus Lagen or... Bismarck Lagen. Bismarck Lagen. I, did, I was close to Bismarck Lagen when my wife was in a, a drug-induced <laughs> uh, delirium, a delirious great state. Great name. Bismarck. Bismarck yes. Lagen. Yeah. That would be a powerful name. A, an amazing name. <laughs> what? Well, you're either going to end up on the streets or as like head of a massive chemical company or captain of industry. There's no in-between with Bismarck Logan. No, absolutely not. Uh, no, Thomas, um, no specific rugby players. There's a few that kind of come to mind immediately. Thomas Castanier. Oh, yeah. Good Thomas old. Young. Thomas Young, less so. Mm-hmm. Tommy Bow, perhaps. Tommy Bow, you love Tommy Bow. I do love Tommy Bow. Mm. Uh, Thomas Francis. Maybe not. Played pretty well with uh, Teddy this Thomas. Teddy Thomas. So there's a few good ones there. Yeah. Uh, Gareth Thomas. Gareth Thomas. Yeah. Another <laughs> yeah. good. Another very good one. Yep. There's some great stuff. Um, I've prepared a quiz because I knew you'd be, you know, have, have your hands full. So I, I've done the the quiz duties. And the prepared, heavy lifting. I've, I've prepared an England v Wales quiz. Ooh. Uh, which will delve into some of those great England v Wales memories. As we, I mean, it's it's my favourite week in the whole rugby 
annual calendar. This one is it building, I up, to, in... building up to Wales England. It's the best. It's the of all of the rivalries, Wales England. It's the one, isn't it? I don't know. I always thought it was growing up in Wales. I always thought it was the biggest game, but I'd never really knew what the English thought because it was such a, you know a Welsh focused event. I always wonder that about the English. What do they think? Like, do they think it's Scotland, the old enemy, maybe France because it's the bigger nation, the traditional military rival in the region? I mean, who is it? Well, they are all great rivalries because they all hate England. Which They all hate England. Which makes it fun. Rightly so as well. Well, <laughs> well, you know. It's like, it's like the whole Churchill debate this week. There's nuance, isn't there? Nuance should be the word oh, of 2019. There's nuance everywhere. There's good, there is always nuance. There's, there's no black and white here. It's all grey. Um, but one th- well, one thing that is pretty black and white is that um, Kirtley Beale isn't the sharpest tool in the box. <laughs> well, what's he done now? <laughs> well, I've, I, I've seen this. I'm, I'm linked what's... up to this. So, uh, Drew Mitchell, your mate Drew Mitchell, JB. Oh, yeah, big, big Drew. Big Drew. Star- Been on the rugby dungeon. D-Dog. Um, he was sunbathing with Kirtley Beale and, um, and just did one of those things that you would do in the school playground with your mates when you were 10 and, and managed to get Kirtley Beale on it. What are you doing? What does... Y-E-S. Excuse the wind. Yes. Right, so Curtly Bill got that one right. What does Y-E-S spell? Yes. Y-E-S. Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. Okay. What does E-Y-E-S spell? Yes. Huh? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. What does E-Y... I mean, you're dyslexic, JB. What does E-Y-E-S yeah. spell? Y... Sorry? E-Y-E-S. E-Y-E-S. I don't know what. What does it spell? I don't know. What does it spell? <laughs> Eyes. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Anyway, Curtly Bill just went <laughs> E-S. E-S. I... Do you know what? I would have gone E-S. <laughs> I shouldn't have asked you, should I? Oh, sorry, you I feel, are, I feel like I'm trolling JB as a dyslexic uh, sufferer. Yeah, that, that is... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not written down. Don't ask me. <laughs> All right, you can find us at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. Uh, go and have a look at the video. If you're not streaming this live already, then you'll be able to go and watch us in the Rugby Dungeon um, Phil sat. You can see how dishevelled Phil is. And <laughs> I thought I looked pretty smart today. Tim. No, no, no. You, the clothes, the clothes <laughs> looks smart. You just unusually unkempt, but, but in quite a in, in quite a sort of a, in, in the way that everyone who's had a kid will relate to. And it, it sort of adds to the look when you're sat underneath that horrendous Cardiff Blues BMI baby jersey. A uh, BMI baby who went bankrupt this week. They of did. They gone. They did. Gone. Administration or liquidation? Uh, good question. Don't know. They're, but they're not flying, so, you know. Maybe for your Pilot Wings podcast. Exactly. Uh, pilot episodes, thank you. Yeah, I'm going to get it right. <laughs> Sorry. Jeez. Right. Uh, okay, so um, we've had a bunch of questions and stuff in, and uh, I'll sort of try and jump us around where I can. Um, but one breaking bit of news that's sort of happened today is that Murad Boujalal has gone nuclear on Julian Surveyor. Real nuclear. Uh, has said, you're not welcome anymore. I'm tearing up your contract for the for the final year. And you can do one. I want a DNA test to prove it's actually you. Basically, saying <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> I want a DNA test because I don't believe it's him. Cause it's a put... fat rubbish cousin yeah. or brother. Yeah, exactly. But that that would suggest that he has got some DNA of the original Julian Surveyor. So he's got to have a, like a control sample yeah, to right. test. Yeah, that's well, a great point. Who knows because what goes on? What would he? 
Yeah, what would he say? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's not right. Is there a premiership club that could come to Julian Surveyor's uh, um, aid here and actually get him in the right condition and make use of him? Well, uh, there, there is a man who's done it before. Chris Boyd. Ooh. Oh, wow. And oh, if he's on the- Surveyor in Nairavoro. Goodness me. I mean, do they need him is one question. Not but them. Chris Boyd is someone who knows him very well and could potentially get the best out of him. That's fascinating. Yes, I, I agree that would be... I mean, it depends. How much of a nightmare is he? That's, that, well, that's... I mean, but he, he's at Toulon, isn't he? And, and anyone who isn't self-motivated going to Toulon is going to be a, an absolute nightmare, aren't they? It seems like it, yes. We've got quite a lot of evidence suggesting that that is the case. <laughs> So watch this space. Maybe coming to the Premiership next season, which which links to another element, which is there's a lot of rumours about a lot of big players coming to the Premiership. And Sale Sharks have been linked with, uh, and, and it's rumoured that we'll be signing soon. Stephen Kitsoff, the three Dupree brothers. Yep. Rob, Luke, and is it Dan, the other one? Doesn't matter who. I mean, the other one... It, could be me for for, you know, for all it <laughs> just matters. Just get the good two. Just get two of them done. But, you know, uh, the, the good one, the really good one, Jean Luc. Yeah, um, is he the number eight? Number eight. He's a twin brother. It's his twin. Yes, it's it? his twin. That's right. So like two of them. And so that's that's four South Africans. And there's I think another one without even without counting the the big addition to that list, which is Lou Diego. Yeah, Lou Diego. You know, has been spoken about. I mean, I have no idea if any of this is true. Uh, RG Snyman again is another one. Yes, that's been, it. Snyman is uh, the other one. You know, these have been widely circulated. Who knows? Which um, now, uh, and I want to link this to something which Pat Lamb. I remember him saying very early on in the season that he was he, he would advocate ring fencing because he said you cannot bring young players through in the Premiership unless you ring fence. Now, I just want to point at what Quinns and Northampton are doing and saying, is that bollocks? Well... Because they've got loads of youngsters, and potentially, is this news of six South Africans coming into Sale, is that bad news? Is that going to rock the apple cart with what Sale could do with the, with the academy they've built? Because they, they were in the uh, under-18s academy final today, weren't they? They were, yes. So, a couple of things on that. Uh, there is an element of what Pat Lamb is saying being correct. <clears throat> there definitely is. You know, Northampton can afford to play kids now because they're not likely to get relegated. So, you know, in a way, they've sort of ring-fenced themselves by doing well well at the start of the season. Well, Chris Boyd was doing that all along, really, wasn't he? Yeah, you could say that he... Well, he did come in, didn't he? And he had no respect for existing reputations or existing pay packets because he never paid them. So he just picked whoever he liked. And that's yep. worked really well. So there's a lesson there, which is basically pick your best players, not your most expensive And Paul Gustard at Quinns. He's got guys like Tim Visser, Charlie Walker... Uh, on the bench, and he's picking Gabriel Ibitoy. Ibitoy, Caden yeah. Murley. Caden Murley, yeah, real young guy. Yeah, who's with the England under-20s at the moment. Yeah, and it's, and it's paying and off for Don them Brandt as well. Don Brandt as well. Alex Don Brandt in the back row, yeah. With so, his university rig. Yeah, so you can definitely do it. But I do think it is a privilege for good clubs rather than how I'd go about it if I was fighting at Newcastle. Newcastle are not going to go ahead and throw in you know, Radwan or... You know, name any other kid that they could throw. He played well, Kerbridge this weekend. Kibber, they? Yeah, they yes. started Kibberigi, but that's more to, to do with injuries, I think. And, and they've they've actually Newcastle are a club that do rely on a lot of their young guys that, that come through. Well, they have to. Yes, well, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but I think you know, in their situation now, 
they would be more more than happy to bin off every young lad and just survive. Yeah, if they could sign six South Africans now and guarantee survival. Yeah, if the choice it is... would be a very tempting, even yeah. for someone like Dean 100%. Richardson. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and this is why the long-term uh, plan, I understand that ring fencing would aid that long-term plan, but this is why the clubs that have really feathered their nest are, are reaping the rewards. And, and Wasps, are, uh, because of their move, haven't been able to do that, and they're really struggling in that sense. But I, th- I, I kind of think the one, the one element I mentioned, Sale, is... They've actually done the hard work. They've done the, the grafting. They've got all these young guys coming through, and then they're going to bring in a load of South Africans. It is a real worry. Uh, it is a huge worry because Sale Academy, I mean, there's like 150-odd kids that go in and out of Carrington every week, and that is to train with the first team. So, uh, the first team. So if you're like an MME or something and you're good enough or Uniov, you'll be going to Carrington. You'll be training with first-teamers. You'll be getting proper exposure, same as Sale FC. And then if you're good enough, You'll go, you know, you'll go and play for shocks, and we can see this happening with people like Mike Haley when he was there, Sam James. Um, there's loads. Tommy uh, Taylor, Tommy Lynch, Will Tommy Addison, Taylor. Tommy Taylor, Addison, Addison, loads yeah. of them. Loads. Um, Harrison, Beaumont, the Curry brothers. Yeah, Harrison's a good one. Now, it, it is easy, and it's very, very. Um, Jake, can you just take your headphones off. off yeah, your, sorry, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it is very, very tempting to say, well, if you can just get two of the best locks in the world to play for us, that's going to help. And I don't really like that too much because maybe get one of the best locks in the world and then get your own lock next next to to that individual or use that lock to develop all your other locks and maybe spend that money on a world-class something else. Coach. But, lock coach. Yeah, whatever it may be. <laughs> Um, uh, but the, it's the, just you know. Next year it could be the case that Saracens have, sorry, Saracens Freudian slip. Sale have a pack which is mostly South African. Now the reason I said Saracens is Saracens did something very similar, and eventually that laid the bedrock for all the other lads. And to Gloucester come are doing the Saracens model right now. Yeah, which they why are. is it always South Africans though? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Well, I think it's the the power of the pound over the rand. Yeah, the weakness of the Rand definitely is huge. And it's continually, it's going to continue to get weaker. And they have a huge, huge school system, academy system, player development system through the Varsity Cup and Curry Cup and all the rest of it. In my um, career as a financial advisor, I used to go to these stupid seminars. My staff used to go to these stupid seminars. They're absolutely absolutely dreadful. Uh, You go to these seminars and people tell you what the financial future is going to be, and they're always wrong. It's worse than listening to me talk about rugby. Like, it, <laughs> but they do it whilst being paid, you know, hundreds of thousands of pounds in suits, and everyone's got to take them really seriously. And all the IFAs have got terrible shoes on. It, it's it's really <laughs> really dreadful, right? But one of the things which I always regret now is not taking the advantage, uh, taking advantage of a bit of advice that they said. This is like literally twelve years ago, which is get your mortgage, borrow it in rand, <laughs> and like if you had, you'd have made a fortune. You'd have paid off your mortgage. <laughs> there you go. Another thing that links to this is, I think we've seen this weekend, the effect of internationals being away. Because Quinns, for a change, are getting the benefit of Mike Brown, Chris Robshaw, Danny Kerr, and Joe and Marler. So that's four guys that they've been without for the last however many years. And they're sitting pretty in third. And playing some nice rugby. Playing some great rugby. Meanwhile, Exeter, this is really hurting them. Well, there's more to Exeter than meets the eye. I mean, I watched this game on uh, Friday, Friday night, night. I, and I can tell you right now, it is not the missing personnel that so, has hurt them. You don't think the six guys would have made a difference? No. Um, 
I mean, their attack was so poor. I mean, I've not seen an Exeter team play that poorly. What about if you chuck Devoto and Slade in midfield? Even so. And Noel. Well, we'll talk about it in more in more detail when we come to that game. But I was really disappointed with particularly the back division of, of Exeter. And I don't mean, you know, not being able to conjure up the bit of magic that undoubtedly those guys would do. I mean, yeah, that would be the difference, right? You could play badly and one of those guys could do something magical and then get you that try which draws the game or turn the game early, um, early on allowing you to win, right? That could happen. But when you when you watch Exeter, everything was sideways. They were catching the ball standing still. You know, O'Flatty looks like a sevens player that they've just thrown on the wing. Doesn't really know what he's doing. You know, there was a ton of stuff. So yeah, I'll talk. I'll say exactly those things again <laughs> in about five minutes. And and when you do that, I'll say I think that had they had Devoto and Slade and Noel and Cowan Dickey and Moon, yeah, we'll look forward to that in five minutes. And Williams, yeah. I th- I think they could have done it. Oh, they, they, they were close. They close. They were close anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we just, uh, just on the on the yeah, on on. the transfers. So there was a transfer that we spoke quite a lot about on our Monday night pod. Yes. Um, that was announced on the Monday or Tuesday, whenever it was, and that was Sean O'Brien to London Irish. Yes. Now, we were a little bit skeptical at the time. We put up a poll on Twitter. Actually, did we? We did. Okay. Uh, asking. Again, obviously with some nuance here, Tim. He yeah. said, do you think it's good or bad? Definitely yes. Definitely no. Or probably yes to be confirmed and probably no. And the weight of opinion... Did anyone was... get in touch and suggest another category in the poll and then you just <laughs> More... flew off the handle at them? <laughs> <laughs> no, because we put the nuance in there. Yeah. The oh, nuance oh, was I built see. in. The nuance was built in. It there was okay. Good lad. Uh, and the overwhelming reaction was... Probably yes. yes. Now it was the other three got fairly even distribution, but that was the most popular answer, and that's that is kind of where I am on this. Mm. I think probably yes, and for two reasons, which some people pointed out. So one, if you can get him fit for more than half the season, a good chunk more than half the season, he is one hell of a player, hell of a leader, model professional, unbelievable at everything that a modern flanker back row should be. The other side of it is, which someone, well, a couple of people mentioned, was he is a big name. He is a, a genuine, legitimate big name in, his, Irish. in his prime. The Irish factor is, the Irish is one factor. that we didn't mention, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Because they're moving, uh, not next season, but the season after, they're moving to the new Brentford Stadium. Yeah. So they're back close to, to their heartland, close, much closer to their heartland. And there is a massive Irish exile population in Ireland. That, so as a business decision, that could be a really smart one. Yeah. Yep. But as as such a big name in his prime, he is the kind of guy that could attract other players. Um, and you've seen a few other, they've signed Phipps, they've signed Curtis Rona, and one else I can't remember off the top of my head. Waisaki Naholo is, is, is rumoured to be coming. That would be, that would be an impressive signing. Mm. But yeah, I think on balance, I think yes, it's good. The bit is, because of his injury record if he ends up playing six games next season it is a monumental disaster yeah it is um i just one thing that i spotted that i forgot to mention last week uh, it's, it's worth checking out um bath's twitter feed because they do a, a workout wednesday do they? they and they just have um they have one of their rest, uh, strength and conditioning guys just showing you a few little exercises you can do what i what i picked up on it though was check out the music Hold on, the music that they use in this. Sarah Burgess from Bath Rugby Ladies and Max Clark from Bath. 
Any equipment for this one? And it can be done at home, so just give it a try. So high knees for 45 seconds. The, uh, where's the... Each exercise is 45 The music sounds long, to me like something you would, you would hear on a 1980s exotic video. Oh, wow. <laughs> with, oh, wow. Some, with someone coming to check a, a lady's um, washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Work out Wednesdays. Maybe they go for the housewife. Uh, that's exactly the music that I, that I was that I I would select in fairness. Is <laughs> that <laughs> so your usual gym playlist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, we're just going to interrupt the podcast for just a second to let you know that Cornerstone make this podcast possible. They that's are right. wonderful people, the the purveyors and manufacturers of outstanding. German engineered razors that don't razors. lecture your face. Oh my word! Yeah, there is, there is. I mean, you can have as much masculinity as you want, or not, or not, and use this razor. It doesn't matter. You can have the maximum masculinity pa- package where they send you lots of razors, <laughs> or the minimum masculinity package where they send you less. Or, or actually, that there is a well, yeah, whatever you want, but really, because it's it's irrelevant. Because the point is, you don't need this to uh, to. Uh, to change the world. You're saying buy Cornerstone razors because they're bloody brilliant. They're they ger- are. The German engineered razors on a weighty aluminium shaft, which are great for your face. Which you get that weighty aluminium shaft for free because you listen to us. And all you need to do is buy a cartridge of six precision engineered Cornerstone razors in a presentation box. It will come to you in the post for less than the price of a pint that you might be watching whilst you're watching the Six Nations. Four quid to give it a go. We think you want to carry on, but there's no obligation. Cornerstone.co.uk slash egg. That's cornerstone.co.uk slash egg or... Egg 10 at checkout. Right, let's get a back. Better balance than a Northampton attack. And the other thing I noticed um, from just keeping an eye on on um, on Twitter from afar, because I did get rid of it in the week this week. Did you? I did. Maybe not quite the full week. Yeah, well, no, but I work, most so of the I, week. I work Sunday to Thursday, so yeah. Friday, Friday, Saturday <laughs> is my weekend. Anyway, uh, is the academy... Um, there's the under-18 finals, as you mentioned, um, or the under-18 culmination of... Of, well, towards the culmination of their season, the academy stash is outstanding. Have you seen Leicester Tigers academy stash? It's like oh, old, yes, it's, it's like old school Leicester, is it? Yeah, Those thin cool. stripes, the right colour palette as the well. Right colour palette. A, a lot of that... the new one is like British racing green, yeah. not the slightly lighter Ex- green. It's that lighter green. And yes. wasps have a beautiful just yellow and black hoops. Nice, simple. It's great. So I love it. So I wish the first teams could have the uh, academy, um, the academy stash. Um. Well, we're doing transfers as well. Yeah, go on. There was one other signing for Northampton. Owen Franks. The, oh, good, yeah. the good Franks. The good Frank. Pair of Franks now. The good in his prime Franks. A brace of Franks. As well. So Franks squared. <laughs> Owen, Owen Franks is 31. He's got 105 or 106 New Zealand caps. He That's is. Good. He has been the preeminent tighthead in the world for the best part of 10 years. That is a hell of a signing. Yeah. He will not have come cheap as well. No, that's true. They've got some really good young guys. We talked about the young guys already, but Aaron Painter, their loose head, is a proper talent. What a talent he is. And they've got some fairly handy guys in the backs who we might talk about for a few minutes slightly later. Yes, we do. I'm I'm sure we will. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) We've got internationals to talk about, right? We do. Uh, We did have a message, actually, from... um, uh, Was it... Was it Seller? What's his name? Oh, Seller Boss, TLP 2.0, Sale Sharks fan. He said, can't you boys just have the week off? You deserve a break. Let Phil enjoy fatherhood. Tim's exactly. career is important. Let him rest his voice. And JB, I find gin helps. <laughs> <laughs> he eases the pain. <laughs> yeah, we will get onto that. Uh, oh, one other story as well from the week. Did you see, uh, again, it was a tweet that um, Quinn's put out. 
to try and promote their game against Worcester. Did you see this, Phil? <laughs> this you... is the most quinned. If anyone thinks that rugby is for elitist uh, people, <laughs> this proved it absolutely 100% correct. Yeah, this this is like mustard chinos and tweeds. <laughs> this is outrageous. This is hunter wellies and uh, and red setters. And I love a red flat, setter. Flat caps. I really do love red setters. So... Harlequins tweeted out that the luxury motor company Maserati had reserved some spaces outside the gates for the big game against Worcester. And any fans who own a Maserati <laughs> could park, could reserve, wow. park, call and reserve a space. Not, not an own goal. Not an own goal. Yeah, there was a bit, no. of, a ba- there was a bit of a backlash. And uh, I mean, of all the social media platforms to put that on, just don't, well, don't put it on Twitter. Yeah. Don't put it on Twitter. I mean, do you know what? Would it not just be... I mean, what's the, what's the objective here? Are they thinking that there is a huge pool of Maserati owners who would have gone to you know, who weren't going to go and watch rugby, but because they have free parking, have now decided <laughs> that's what they're going to do: get in their Maserati and then go to Harlequins. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to spend eighty k on on the car to drive around central London at twenty five miles an hour on out if you're lucky. <laughs> if, yeah, um, if you're very lucky. But um, oh. Ten, tenner for parking? Nah. nah. <laughs> yeah. Right outside the ground for free. It's what a, is a remarkable, frankly. truly also, remarkable. Yeah, would it not just tweet. be easier just to you know send an email out to the Maserati owners? Yeah. I mean, they, they can't be. I mean, they'll all be part of a club. They'll all be on a mailing list for Maserati. You'd imagine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh wow! Fair play, fair play, Quins. Good effort, Quins. Well done. Yes. Right, I'm good. I'm going to suggest we can we can brainstorm live here. I'm going to suggest we we just focus a little bit on England Wales because that's the massive story for the week ahead. Yes, yes. Then we'll come back to the Premiership. Then we'll do the rest of the Six Nations and and, and wrap everything up. Yeah, sure. Right. So a couple of questions um, regarding the Wales England game. Then Let, let's let's look at who we think is going to actually be playing because Lee Halfpenny was fit. Now it looks like he isn't fit or could be fit. Did they just rest him as a precaution? I understood it. Yeah, but that means he hasn't played in ages. Doesn't would you, matter. Would you put him straight back in against England? Yeah. I'm not sure I would. I would. I think Liam Williams is more than capable capable deputy. Put Liam, put Liam Williams on the wing. You've got Adams and North, North still. North, yeah. I don't think I'd risk Halfpenny. I'd absolutely risk him. There's a World Cup in September, that's more important. Yeah, risk him. <laughs> I personally wouldn't, but... I can understand the argument because his his positioning. Why. Well, I I think the drop off positioning and defensive wise from him to Liam Williams is negligible. I think Liam Williams is absolutely yeah. first rate as an international I, fullback. Well, you say that right. I don't I don't agree. Remember the Lions, where it's like, do we risk Liam Williams or do we go with the stability of Halfpenny? And Liam Williams scores that. Or doesn't score it, actually. Elliot Daly scores it, but he does start off that amazing, amazing try, try, one of the best tries of, of all time, probably. But after that, he has a bit of a nightmare underneath the high ball, and he can be pressured. Whereas I think Halfpenny is a bit more steady. And you know, if Farrell decides to try and repeat his tricks, like he did against uh, Ireland and also against France, maybe having two fullbacks is not a bad idea. Mm. Maybe, yeah. We'll see. How about England's back three then? Because Chris Ashton is injured. Mm-hmm. He's yep. going to be doing his rehab back with his club uh, in Manchester. So, would you go, assuming it will be Noel, May and Daly, would you put on the bench Mike Brown, Joe Thocken, a singer, or Ollie Thorley? <sighs> Who gets your bench spot? Or, well, I mean, all, you could put all, Ben Teo. You could do. Uh, 
don't think you it, will. If, yeah, it feels like it limits your option, options somewhat. Although you could always push Slade to 15 or to Alagi out to the wing, which he has mm. done. Neither feels great. No, no. I guess the problem I've got with those... Um, so Mike Brown has marginally more versatility. Yeah. Thokina Singer and, and Oli Thorley, I've only ever seen them play wing. As far as I'm aware, they can only play wing. Thorley started his career in the centre. Okay. Mm. Um, it, it, it does limit you a little bit. I probably... I'd probably go with Thokken a Singer just because no, he's done it before. No, Eddie, put Mike Brown on the bench because Mike Brown deserves it and I need Joe Thokken a Singer for my fantasy rugby draft team. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, all three of them were superb this weekend. They were very good. All three. So they, they are all, all three of them are very motivated for that shirt, which is good. Eddie Jones has got them in a good place. Mm, I'd go with Ollie Thorley. I think he's got the potential to be like the next jo- the next Johnny May. Uh, and I think he's probably a little bit more steady going... Well, he's not a bit more steady than Johnny May going backwards because Johnny May is, all, is, is now Right good. now, he's very he's steady. But when he first started, uh, at, I think... At this Thor- age... I think Thorley's ahead of him. Yes, at this age. In terms of stability, I would agree Thorley's ahead can, of him. Can I just say as well... I, I would, oh, you, you met the guy? Yeah, I spent an afternoon with him. Um, whole afternoon? Whole afternoon. Went to, he, took, he went to Kodge um, Japanese restaurant in Cheltenham, mm-hmm. which is where he goes all the time. Nice. The, the soft shell crab steamed bun was exquisite fantastic um and uh you, you, what a what a lovely bloke what a really interesting guy why is he interesting because he's a little bit um well he's, he's quite eccentric a bit like, like johnny may like, or in a, he, a different he, way yeah a bit like johnny may but in a different way so he used the words um he described himself like he's a 22 year old lad bearing this mind he described himself when i was chatting to him that some of this didn't make the cut um, for the piece that went out during the game he described himself as a quintessential englishman and um, mm. he talked about when it's like, how was England camp? Well, you wouldn't believe how fastidious uh, things are. Ooh. So he Ooh. And, and he says thus and, and things like that a lot. So he's, oh, he's wow. just like quite an eccentric um, guy. Um, he he's just all in a hundred percent with everything he does. When I ch- that comes across when you see him play. When you see him play, every, like, every carry and every tackle, he is absolutely one hundred percent. And what what you what you don't get from. From watching a game, but I was I was at Gloucester's training ground um, and caught you know chatted to a few of the guys about Ollie before I went off for lunch with him. I chatted to uh, Josh Honeck and Johan Ackerman and uh, jo- Jason Woodward and someone else as well. I forget. Anyway, all all of them. Every time you mention Ollie Thorley's name, they smile. They absolutely love him. I'd love him they if he scored tries like that for my team. I'd love him too. I think I mean, they just love him as a guy. He is on a phenomenal run of form. He is almost unplayable at the moment. He's so dangerous every time he gets the ball. Yeah, I've got to say, like, I am often amazed by the maturity of the young lads c- coming through. Because it's not like they've just got a, you know, a desk job at Hayes or somewhere. No offence to people in Hayes. Um, you know, they, are, <laughs> they are actually, you know, like, in the, like, in, in the spotlight, there's a lot of responsibility. You know, it is, it's a hard job being, being a rugby professional. So I was interviewing Ted Hill a few weeks ago. Yeah. And I was simply astounded. I mean, it sounds like you're interviewing someone who's 35. Yeah. He's 19, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's 19. So uh, Ollie Thorley got uh, three A-stars at A-level. He's um, he, he he liked... Rugby wasn't always a foregone conclusion. He, he liked rowing, and he basically was, was pulling a 2,000-metre rowing ergo that was Olympic level. 
when he was in school. Wow. His, his best 2,000 meter, his 2,000 meter PB when he was 16, I think, was six minutes, eight seconds. Which, if you've ever pulled a 2,000 meter ogo, that is ridiculous. I don't even that know, is ridiculous. I don't even know what these words are you're saying. Well, so anything less than seven minutes is I don't know what an ergo decent. is. Decent. What's an ergo? So a two, as, as uh, like, like a, a standard concept, person. Concept two rowing machine. All right, okay. Now I think he got like I think he's like it was about six minutes flat. He got which is yeah, it's ridiculously wow in, impressive. So he's a yeah, he's a proper talent. Anyway, um, Wales halfbacks. Yes. There's a bit of conjecture about this one because Bigger also got a knock. Chris Boyd said he's going to be fit. Yeah, Bigger, Bigger went needs off to be after fit. Bigger 20 needs minutes. needs to be fit. There is no ifs, ifs or buts. He is the man. He needs to be fit. So I agree with that. Do you think Gatland agrees with that? Because he started Anscombe in the, the bigger game, the France game, uh, in the wet as well. I think he's just looking for depth. And he's hoping, he's praying that Anscombe can do that. Anscombe can't do that. So it is all down to bigger. And because this is, this is exactly why he started... Anscombe in the wet because one day Dan Bigger might get a knock. You know that that's the reason that's the reason he did it in, in my mind. So yeah, Bigger has to start. And Bigger was heavily strapped up. And his knee was heavily strapped up going into the Saints game. So I think he will start. I think he should start because I think goal kicks are going to be very important. And and he's mega. And he's, he's simply amazing. Yeah, and I think he should also start Gareth Davis, which is the one I think he might not do, but I would. I'd definitely start Gareth Davis too. He's just a ball of energy, like. If it was a toss-up between him and Ben Youngs and you wanted to deny, you'd pick Gareth Davis every day of the week. I, I, I would, at least. Uh, I think the form that Youngs is on, I would pick him. But mm. I, I would, if if both were fit and available, I would start Davis and Bigger as the Welsh. If I was Welsh, if I was Gatland, I would start them. 100%. I think that, I, that I is their best like combination. I do like Thomas Williams a lot. I think Thomas Williams has got something special. And, you know, if, if Toulon are going around ripping up contracts... <laughs> Reese Webb should really be asking. Well, he should be maybe. doing some naughty things in front of Bujalov. There's, yeah. there's talk of him going, like, basically becoming clubless before the World Cup. I would, I would do it. I would of do a, it um, to, to enable him to become to get into the World Cup. Squad. Unless he's got a real. And then after that, there's talk of him going to Bath, which is a bit mm. harsh on old Chudders. But uh, yeah, been very good. Chudders, he's playing very well. But, you know, Bath what? do like to overpay for Welsh talent, so they do. And, <laughs> yeah. and also, what? Why is it? that Welshmen seem to struggle to settle when they go abroad to France. There's, like, there's, there's, there's a trend for these these guys. Lee Halfpenny hate, didn't like it in France. Um, Jamie Roberts. They all Jamie Lydia, Roberts. Lydia didn't settle. Lydia. Uh, yeah, okay, I don't know the answer, okay? I am guessing. But it's never stopped me guessing before. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, I just think, like, Particularly the South Walian sort of mentality around you know growing up near those rugby clubs and you know they're all very they're all very Wales focused. I think when you take them out of that bubble you know, of the regional rugby where they've been since they were since they were a kid, because like South Wales is a tiny place. You know you could play for pretty much any of the regions and still pretty much live at home. Mm. Yeah, I think it does matter when they say right, okay, you're going to go to France and you're removed from everyone. Whereas in England, you could go from. You know, wasps to Newcastle or to Sale, and it's compl- you're in a completely different place. So I think there's something to that. Mm. Okay, so it, England have got they're, they're missing Mako again. Final sort of selection question: Who starts Lucid for you? Because you've got Ben Moon, who's more of a kind of a old. Although he's actually proved himself quite good around the park, but he, a he's bit very more, good a bit around more old the fashioned, reliable. Well, yeah. You've got sort of uh, sort of Ellis Genge, the baby rhino, could do that destructive yeah. job. 
the the ball carrying of Genge is most similar to Mako, but Moon does offer. It feels like he offers a bit more stability. I'm not sure if I that's actually know. true because Genge, from everything I've seen, he is a good. He's a very good scrummager. You've still got Sinks to to do the job. Genge and J- can... J- Jamie George and Carl Sinclair have been outstanding. Their ball carrying the first two rounds. Yeah, so I think you're always going to miss Mako, whatever happens. But because I think Mac- I would go with the conservative choice of Ben Moon I'd... for a game in Cardiff. I also think Ben Moon's earned, earned it. Every time he's been in an English show, he's been outstanding. Yeah. He has. And that's what yeah. he can ask, really. You know, it strikes me as Moon is not the sort of individual where the uh, event is going to overawe him. He's played Premiership Finals. He's played a damn good damn good Exeter team. And what I love about it is he, yeah, also, played, he also played Championship when Exeter were coming up through the league. That's, yeah. that's, what, I, that's what I love about this story. Yeah, there's a lot of players that I really like uh, who've come through the Championship. I, I like that as a, as a route, actually. Mm. So there we go. Um, but the, the the biggest question is, how do you prevent England doing what they did to Ireland and France? If you're Wales, what's the what, what will Warren Gatland be cooking up in his rugby laboratory well, this week? They're going to have to be outstanding without the ball. Okay, so there's a couple of things that need to. Oh, so, oh, yeah, is it is it short? Is this is this Sean Edwards is the is going to be the decisive factor? Yeah. Well, in I mean, you know, the, no, Rob Howley, definitely, <laughs> definitely Rob Howley. Yeah, I mean, the what uh, you know the. The way this sort of works, to use a fil- to use a, f- um, a film analogy, like the perfect storm, is you need the, like the correct weather f- weather front. You need a shoal of tuna, and you need your ice machine to go down, right? <laughs> and then that is the reason that you get the, get the perfect storm. Um, if you've watched that film, you'll understand it. <laughs> uh, so they need every everyone fit. Uh, they need to play one hell of a game, and they need to be brilliant without the ball in hand. And that's basically the key here. And I think they can potentially cause England some problems, but I, I don't know. I'd, maybe not. I mean, you've got to look at it like a heavyweight boxing match. And I think England could potentially punch themselves out because they use so much energy. And if they don't have the joy like they were having against Ireland, and like you know, it's easy against France. If you're already up by 20 points, it, things become a lot easier. If you're within one score and you can feel the tide turning slightly, well, that's a different sort of game. So, so to try and to try and maybe focus a bit more and give some more tangibles. I think me and JB are maybe in the same direction here. But so th- there are three things for me, three tangible things that Wales need to do, and it, it's counteracting what England have done well recently. So number one, England have scored early a lot. Mm, it's true. Mm. Right since um, the first games in South Africa last year, last yeah, summer, right. they scored early in almost every single game, and they've started like a house on fire. You have to weather that storm initially and prevent England from getting three or seven points. Mm. Number two, in this the last couple of games particularly, and something that caused them problems last year, England have not given away many penalties. And last year they were giving away a lot of penalties, which was conceding them territory, conceding them yards. And players like Farrell, like Sinclair, were getting hot-headed and doing stupid things. So you need to cause England to give away penalties. And getting at Farrell and Sinclair will help that. And number three, which we've seen in the last two weeks, is you cannot give them an inch of grass to hit when they are kicking either box kicks or downtown. If Wales can get all three of those aspects right, then they have got a very good chance. If they don't get three or they get one out of three, it could be a tough day for Wales. Uh, I think it's going to be a bloody tough day. In fact, I think they're also outclassed. I think their front row in particular, they're massively, massively outgunned. I, mean, I, could, don't see, I don't see a way that they win that matchup at all, either in the set piece or in the loose. So the, 
the set piece will be interesting. So I think the scrums, England's scrum has been solid without being spectacular, which mm. which is good. Their line-out has been very good, and their gain-line collisions has been excellent, particularly against Ireland. They, they were really dominant. Um, and you're right, I think... I think Wales will struggle because they just don't have... They haven't got the mass or the explosiveness. No. Even taking Mako out of there. And Mako is... Mako's been on a tremendous run of form. He is probably the best loose head in the world because he does he does so much. His distributing skills, which is something that he's not often praised for, are brilliant for a front rower. His ball carrying is exceptional. His tackling, his work rate, and he can play 75, 80 minutes if you need him to. So he is a big one to... To, to yeah. lose I mean, for him. I'm a huge fan of the idea of Rob Evans. I'm not sure I'm as big a fan of the reality of Rob Evans. He didn't have his best game against France. I mean, like he he should be as good, if not a better distributor than, than Mako. He probably is, actually, if you put him in like a, a cone drill. Um, but everything else, he just seems to save his best performances for lesser oppositions. So yeah. I don't see... I just can't see... Yeah, and and who's going to be tight head for Wales? Is it going to be Samson Francis Lee? Or, Lee. Or, or, or Lee? I mean, goodness I, me! I I wonder if you've just made a, a statement which which might be totally contrary to what actually happens. Because um, and I'm just going to play something. And here's what I'm going to suggest: sometimes when, when JB makes a um, a big statement like you you didn't just say, "Oh, I think I think England might edge it." You said it, Wales are going to be totally out, outclassed, um, outgunned in the front row, yeah. outgunned in the front row. Which is fine, and I, 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 you know what? Some people can sit on the fence, naming no names. <laughs> <laughs> Other people can, uh, can you know, you know, put an opinion out there. But I, I've decided that that what we should, what you should do when you're listening, um, there are little devices on podcast apps, whatever you're on, which can speed up or slow down voices. And if, oh. and if you slow it down to half speed, it sounds drunk. So, for example, let me play you this from last week's podcast. Contrary. Okay, on Saturday we've got a two o'clock kickoff, which is Northampton Saints hosting Sale. I got hit. Northampton missing big. Oh no, Northampton Sale. We just sat doesn't hammered. matter. Yeah, not yeah, and I don't. Sale will win this. At a canter. <laughs> so just play at half speed for any 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 prediction like that. I don't think I need to be half speed for that one to sound drunk. <laughs> it, it will sound, um, uh, it, yeah, it would just sound like an old man at a bar. That's what I like. Yeah, I mean, by the way, what psychopath listens to podcasts at half speed? I, I, I listen to him. I listen to him at like 1.5 do you? quite often to, I to, to, to get one, through more. Yeah, so, I sometimes do 1.1 or 1.2, particularly if I'm listening to Dan Carlin because oh, yeah. he, he is very slow. He's yeah. very purposeful. The thing is, I look forward to some of my podcasts so much that the idea of doing that it, it just ruins it. You why you why you not listen to half speed? Say necking champagne. I thought I was listening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell me more. Go on. <laughs> when, when I listened to a Ben Shapiro podcast once, I thought I was listening at 1.7. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's, that's how he talks. Um, anyway, uh, so you can have a bit of fun with that one if you want to, want to make us sound drunk. I, I have a... Because uh, this is my favourite week of the whole year. So I've prepared a little... This week? Oh, right. Sorry, yes. The week building up to England-Wales. England, Wales. England, Wales, or Wales-England. So I've got a little England-Wales quiz. Wales, Let's England do it. Quiz. 
So, gentlemen, at, at the ready. So we need to, do we need pen and paper? Something to write something down on. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, in 1998, who was the England hooker that Welshman Barry Williams said had a big mouth in the big in the in the build up to the game? In what year? Sorry, 1998. Barry Williams described the England hooker as having a big mouth. And uh, yeah, okay, got under England's skin during that game. Next question. Uh, after uh, the conclusion of that game, and part, partly because of the big smack talk in the in the build up to it, England absolutely pummeled Wales, scoring over sixty points. Oh. And Rob Howley, in his autobiography, described one England player, one prominent England player, as walking past the Welsh dressing room in the wake of the game and shouting. You got dicked into the dressing room. Which England? Which like senior England player do you think that was back in '98? Which player do, can you imagine walking past the dressing room and shouting, "You got dicked"? A forward. <laughs> yeah, that's where I am. Okay. Yeah, I know. Okay. Um. So in 2017, which Englishman? So this is the last game in Cardiff. Which Englishman scored the late winning try in England's 21-16 victory? In 2017? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Next. Okay. I've nailed this. Wow. I have not nailed this. I'm just going to blame uh, sleep deprivation. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, th- uh, next question. There is a Welsh legend who has a who has a statue of himself, or, or you know, he didn't put it up himself, but it was a statue. I got a statue of, of myself, which I put sta- up. <laughs> a statue was put in his honour outside a rugby ground in Wales, uh, but it was a Welsh legend. Who was it? Who described in 1975? Who was described in 1975 as motivating himself for a big England game by banging his head against the dressing room door and reminding his teammates of 800 years of English oppression? Oh, grow up. <laughs> <laughs> So he's a very, very famous uh, Welsh player. Has his has a statue outside of the ground he, the, the team's ground he used to play for. Mm. Now, in fact, shall I say the ground? Are you both just pissing in the wind with that one? No, I've, well, well, I've got a guess, but okay. to, be to, honest, say, to, to be honest, to... the ground won't help me. Do you want me to say the ground then, JB? No. Okay. Because cool. it w- might it might help. Okay. So. In 2013, when Wales had the famous 30 points to 3 victory, was that 2013 or 2013? Yeah, 2013. 2013. Yeah, 30 points to 3 victory when England could have claimed a Grand Slam and Wales went on to claim the championship instead. Which Welshman scored a brace of tries? I think I've got that one. Hang on a minute. In which year? 2013. It was like the real beatdown in Cardiff, the the, um, 30 points to 3. Absolute. Hammering. I was watching it in a shopping centre in Berlin. A shopping centre, really? an Irish pub inside a shopping centre in Berlin, because <laughs> it was the only place I could find to, that would play the rugby for me. Um, it's a terrible day. It was... Got him. I think that's the only one I've got right so far. Okay, another game in Cardiff, 2015 this time. Why was the kickoff delayed? Something happened. Yeah. Oh, the kickoff was what delayed. Year? 20... 2015. Hmm. Kickoff was delayed slightly, but kickoff was delayed. Why? And finally, 
Uh, wait, let me yeah. frame this right. Yeah. I think okay. I remember the incident. I'm just trying to word it correctly. As long as I get what you mean, what, get what you're going for, I'm fine with that. And it was 2015. 2015. Yeah. yeah. Final question. And this this surprised me, this. So looking back to last year's game at Twickenham, only three Englishmen started last year that also started the game against Ireland. <clears throat> Uh, sorry, also started the game against France to, uh, last, last weekend. Week. So there's only three members of the England squad, England starting 15 against France that also played against Wales last year. Wow. Who are they? Three. Only three, yeah. Okay. And I'll tell you the team when, when we get to the answers. and It's, it's quite surprising. I'll say again. There's, in last year's England v Wales game, there are only three people that played in that match who also played in England's last game against France. Wales last game against France. No, no, no. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. England's team last Got week. It. Yep. And England's team against Wales last yep. year in the Six Nations. Three players um, were in both. So, I've got two. I've got three. Yeah. Is got... it one point for each? Yeah. Okay. Mm, All right. On. That's astounding. Yeah, I know. It is, isn't it? We'll get to that. You can keep you can keep guessing that. Let's go through some of the answers. So, who was the England hooker? Who are you guessing, Phil? Uh, Brian Moore was the obvious Hang one. On. What date was this? Ninety-eight. Oh, I'm too 98. late. Ninety-eight. Way, way too early. Who'd you go for, Jay? Mm, I've made. I've, okay, so I have narrowed it down to three: uh, Regan Thompson or Mears. I'm this is too of, early for Mears, surely. No, he was around about that time. This, is, pre, this is pre-World Cup. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. pre-World Wait, Cup. So he was. He was sort okay. So Thompson and Regan, Regan was a mouthy one. I'm going to go with Regan. That's a good guess, actually. It was Cockerell. Oh! Oh, I feel ill. That's fine. Um, so which England player shouted, you got dicked into the dressing room? got to be Johnson. I went for Neil Back. Oh, both good shouts. It was Lawrence Delalio, apparently. I would, really? Oh. According to Howley. Um, so which Englishman scored the late try in Cardiff in 2017? Hang on. Oh, um, the 2017? Yeah. Is it Elliot Daly? Phil, what have you got? Uh, I've got, I couldn't remember, and it's a left-field guess, Luther Burrell. It was Elliot Daly. Ugh. 1-0. Okay, so who was the, which Welshman got a brace of tries in 2013? Oh, we've got the we've statue. Got, oh, first. sorry, the, who, yeah, which, which Welsh legend has a statue in his honour who um, banged his head against a dressing room to get himself up for an England game, reminding well, his I, teammates of 800 years of English oppression? Yeah. Didn't happen. Um, <laughs> so, first thing I would say is I've got Graham Dorr in my head, which is annoying, because he's English. And then I remembered, maybe it's Graham Price. Phil, who'd you go for? Wasn't this from the 70s? 75, yeah. Uh, I got JPR Williams. I should have said, I said Ray Gravel. He's got oh, the, he has the statue it. outside the start of Scarlet's Ground, but that's all right. Hang on, he's from, isn't he? Hang on. Did he? Forget it. It doesn't it's matter. fine, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, which Welshman got a brace of tries in 2013? Cuthbert. Cuthbert. Both correct. Well done. So that makes... 2-1. 2-1 to Jay. Uh, Now, why was the kickoff in 2015 delayed? Power cut. I've got 
Rubshaw refused to leave the tunnel until the Wales team were oh, out of the changing no. room. Correct. Correct. That was Rubshaw's Rob finest moment. It was. Certainly finest than his Beats by Dre advert. <laughs> we always back ourselves. It wasn't even a catchy slogan, was it? Yeah. We always kind of back ourselves at home. Yes, yeah, so this yeah. was the DJ Spoonie occasion and the lights went out in the Millennium Stadium. and the Haskell and Post moment. Yeah, it was the Haskell Post moment. England won the game, but um, Robshaw was stood in the tunnel about to go out. It was a freezing cold night and the Wales team were nowhere to be seen and England and Rob Shaw just had the sense, no, they're, they're, they're trying to send us out into that massive cacophony of noise and leave us there for ages. Yeah. I'm not moving until Wales are out here as well. Yeah. And he waited. And the ref, Gar says, was in the tunnel going, you need to leave now. And Rob Shaw was, and he had Mike Brown behind him as his like lieutenant. And, <laughs> and, uh, and he was saying, no, I'm not going. Yeah, not till Sam Warburton stood here. I'm not leaving. It was Rob Shaw's best moment. Yeah, it might leadership. have actually been his best moment of leadership yeah. for England. That worked out well. But that, that was the only time they played in 2015. I thought so. you were going to say the, the the only time that he led. <laughs> and finally, then, so this is decisive two player, two two all. Yeah, three Englishmen started last year against Wales and also started against France last weekend. Who are they? Uh, one at a time. Name one. JB Farrell. I also have Farrell. Is correct. That is one three three. Phil, you name one now. Ben Youngs. I too have Ben Youngs, and I'm regretting this. I think it's. I think Care started. Uh, Care did start, so both Ooh. incorrect. So I now I've got one more guess. Who are you going for, JB? Johnny May, which is the same as me. That is correct. So now we're going to do a. Oh, now now we're going to so do a sudden death until we get a right answer. So that so uh, you you both have to pick one. Write it down. So there's, there's okay. There's proof. Okay. So you've got one written down? Yeah. No, I haven't got one written well, down. Just say one when you think of one, Jay. Good game's a quick game. Yeah, but I'm more interested in getting it right. <laughs> I'm more interested in me than the listener experience. <laughs> so. Okay. I know I'm wrong on this, but let's give it a go. Philip. Do I go first or do you yeah. go first? Yeah, go on. I'll ask you. Go on. Marrow. He didn't start against France. So, oh no, he didn't. Yeah, and I've so I know that, and I'm trying to work out which of the second row pairing was right. So, I've gone for. I can't believe that. I can't believe I did that. I think if he stopped. Ugh. I've gone for George Chris. Incorrect. Yes. So it's Courtney Laws. Um, Hang on! Don't you ruin it? Don't you ruin it? Because Courtney Laws. Did he start against France? Law started with Kruis. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I'll go Courtney Laws, please, Tim. You so both, we're both got it correct. right. And I've just realised there's one other player. It's actually four. Oh, um, wow. Because Law started in the back row in that, and I was and not in the second row. So who was the other player then? Okay, there's one front row that started against France and Wales last year. Sinclair. First, first person. Sinclair. Mako. Mako is correct. JV wins. Uh, well played. Okay. So yeah. the England team against Wales last year is Mike Brown... Anthony Watson and Johnny May. Yeah. JJ and Faz in the centres. Yeah. Ford, Ford and Kerr. Wow. Mako, Dills and Cole. Yeah. La- Launchbury, Marrow, and then the back row of Courtney Laws, Chris Robshaw, Sam Simmons. Oh, Simmons, wow. I'd, I'd have been guessing a wow. long time Which I got just Sam says Simmons. what, I mean, we're talking about, um, you know, how England are looking back on track. You look back at that 15 and you can kind of maybe, there's, there's a massive difference between that team and but this team. I still team. think like the best England backline 
would probably include Jonathan Joseph and probably, I mean, at the, the height of their powers, and probably does include Anthony Watson. I would probably agree. But I think I think the drop-off, at international standard, the drop-off from those two to Slade, who's playing brilliantly, and, say, Noel or Ashton on the wing, compared to the drop-off at international level from Billy to Sam Simmons... Is but Sam Simmons was in a bit. I mean, I remember you all purring over Sam Simmons. Well, I, I've always said I think if he wants to play international rugby, he's got to be a seven that or a six that, that is or a centre. Yeah, I've always said that because he, he's 104 kg or something, whereas Billy's 130 kg. I know so it, it's a monumental well, it I mean, difference. If you're going to have, I've always, this is my new theory now. If you're going to have an eight who's not an eight, you best have a seven. So, because I think actually volume of carries can actually make up for being a big carrier. Yeah, it it can do, but it doesn't really The volume work. and size is brilliant. Yeah, and it doesn't really work in Six Nations where it tends to be colder and wetter, so it tends to be slower games and there tends to be less room it's on Bath, the pitch. Um, Bath have started doing that now, haven't they, with Francois Lowe? He sometimes plays eight. Yeah. Uh, and also, obviously, Australia famously do it. And but, actually, so do New, New Zealand if they're using Ardi Severe. He's done it a little bit. Tiny bit. Tiny bit. He he has the balance. He's a bit bigger and a bit more explosive. explosive. Yeah. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, do, um, do you want to talk about someone else who's signed? Oh, no, actually, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to see if she wants to finish off talking about Wales, England, or. No, no, well, actually, one thing I do want to do because this whole Six Nations period, the one thing that I, that is missing from this, I mean, we've got we've got you know Baby Thomas, which is a wonderful um, ad- addition to proceedings and, and worth missing a tier two tour for. Mm. <laughs> and, and Baby mm. Annabelle and Baby Annabelle, yes, true, true. Uh, but there's some people that have had t- tier two tours nonetheless. Yes, they have. Oh, and yes. Being in touch, there's one we we inspired a stag do, which went to see um, a Germany match. Over the weekend, went to Brussels to see Belgium Germany. That would be good fun. And what? we got we got those pictures sent to us. What are they, what what's Belgium called? The Black Eagles or something? Is that got some nickname? Is that Germany or Belgium? Belgium, the Black oh. something. But it looked like tremendous fun. Mm. And uh, and then um, friend of the pods and the man who's closed both of our yes. live shows so far. Gavin, bless him. Gavin Doyle. Gavin Doyle is uh, Leg- absolute legend. Been out watching some South African domestic rugby. As South well, African, as, uh, sorry, South American. South American, I say. Yeah. And has sent us some uh, sent us some pictures as well. So, that, yeah, if if you go abroad to see it, let us live vicariously through your trips because we're not doing a tier two tour. But we are going to Japan. Well, me and Velo. Yeah, right. Tim's got to work. Yeah. Bring, home that, bring home that good BT money, hey? Yeah. That's where we're all away. Workers got to work, players got to play. Exactly. <laughs> right. To be honest, if I feel like I do at the moment, I'll just be happy to sleep for two weeks in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I, well, I, I, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, after our first child, we, we, you and I were due to go to New York, or was it or Chicago? We were doing one of the two. 
I think it's probably the first New, first New York trip. And genuinely, I was most looking forward to getting on the plane and just being left alone for six hours or seven <laughs> hours. That's <laughs> the, the biggest, the biggest draw to that trip was that. Did, did your, did your, did Layla's friends uh, think it was out of order that you went away soon after the birth of a child? None of their business. Yeah, I, I had that. <laughs> Uh, when after Connie was born, my second, uh, we had this an- we have this annual little trip to the to the River Wye, canoes, beers, camping a farmer's field, nice. just a bit of a just a, just like an annual shindig, and uh, it was, sounds like our trip down to Falmouth. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to get on board with that one. Yes, um, but it was a, yeah, it was only a couple of weeks after Connie was born, and uh, and I went and and I, apparently I was I was a pariah. Oh good, among, oh good. Someone mind their own damn business. <laughs> <laughs> Right, there's so much Premiership going on. First question: Are Newcastle screwed? Yes, it doesn't look good. No, uh, I can't see a way back. It's difficult now. And they had a good opportunity this weekend, and for them to get nothing out of the game. And did you see the Sonotti Sonotti? So it, I know it was irrelevant, but did you see the Sonotti Sonotti drop try? No. Last it was, it was kind of a real good example of just what was going wrong for Newcastle in that game, which was they did some things right, but they failed multiple times to control possession in key moments. Sonotti Sonotti breaks through in the 77th minute, beats three players, is diving over the line, and he he decides to dive, a spectacular dive from the five-metre line instead of just taking an extra couple of steps and sliding in. And your boy Tim, fucking a singer, yeah. gets across and only gets one hand on him, but manages to get one hand on the ball as Sonotti Sonotti's in devastating stuff and knocks it out of it. It was a brilliant tackle by fucking a singer. It was it should not have happened because Sonotti Sonotti should have got the ball down. Unfortunately, it was completely irrelevant for Newcastle because they wouldn't have got a bonus point either. Bonus point. So they're five. Point, so. They're five points behind Worcester. There's nine games left. So they're going to have to win at least two games more than Worcester are going to win. One of those games is against Worcester. Yeah, I, I'm calling it. If they, if they lose uh, to if they lose to Worcester, they're done. Actually, Cooked. looking at this table, nine games left. Anything can happen in nine, in nine games? It can do. I mean, nine it's, games are bloody. It's a lot of points actually. But, but that Worcester Newcastle game on March the 10th, I think it is. Or March the yeah March the 10th. So not long away. No. Actually, no. I think we've. Uh, I'm going to go back on what I said. I think we've written them off too early. Nine games is a lot of rugby. It's, it's nearly and they're good. Season. That's the other thing. They are not a well, bad team. It's interesting because the core of the team, apart from a couple of players, is the same as last season. Mm. They've got they've lost a bit of experience in the pack. They've had mm. a few people retire and leave, a few experienced older heads. But it's not a bad team. It's just they're on this this kind of woeful run that. Have they got the fly halves back? Yeah, what? Flood Flood played. Not both of them. Hodgson's not back, but so, Flood and, and Youngs were there. So they're missing Wilson and Welch is injured. So that's the like two main back row guys. Carrier, yeah. yeah. Uh, they are also uh, Toby Flood's not the force he was. Great guy. I do not understand. I, th- I think right. Joel Hodgson's that would would be starting right, if okay. he was if he was. I fit. I understand fully that a prop my age or a winger my age. I just can't, and I don't understand how Flyhoff's age. I mean, like, they all need to do is pass the ball. In fact, the, the older they get, you'd think, you'd think 
Like, the better they get, because I've seen it all before. They recognise different looks, you know, and to give the ball, it's about timing and nuance and, you know, the artistic parts of rugby. It's not about brute strength and speed. So it does amaze me when these fly halves... Uh, I'll tell you another one who definitely aged quickly. Uh, it was Stephen Myler. All of a sudden, he was just yesterday's news. And he used to be really, really good. So it's interesting. Now, those two fly halves you just named never really had the explosive speed. No. Uh, not really. They never had the explosive f- speed. But some fly halves particularly, the threat of their running game creates a lot of room and a lot of time like for them to do other instance. things. Bowden Barrett is a great yeah, yeah, example. Good. Quade Cooper as well yep. is a good he, he gets more time because defences are worried that he can step and go through a gap. But So I can understand it in certain people, much less so in someone like Flood or Myler. But you're right, the, the drop-off on those two did seem quite big. So they're they're in a bit of a hole. That game against Worcester is huge. They've also got the the big game. They'll they'll raise themselves for at uh, St James's Park as well towards the end of March. But yeah, it, it was too early to say they're they're down. But um, just I've just uh, googled Toby Flood. Toby Flood's full name is Tobias, Tobias. Gerald yeah. Albert Cecil Leven Flood. Is that right? I, according to Wikipedia, which may or may not be correct. That's quite some name. It's a hell of a name. It is. Right, let's get into it. Let's, let's, let's go around the grounds with some of these games. The Friday night match, really, real full-blooded affair between Gloucester and Exeter. We've, we, we already touched on it. Uh, Gloucester will be delighted to come away with a win, to have held on in the way they did, with Exeter doing what they do towards the end. Yeah. yeah they, they just lacked a little bit of um, little bit of bite in their team. They're, they're missing guys like Don Armand in the pack and they're missing guy and Sam Simmons and they're missing guys Moon and Cowan and Moon Dickey and, Dickey and, and Williams and then they're missing those three, four back backs that we talked about. Mm. Yeah. I think I think those players really did contribute. Uh, particularly the backline. Uh, JB said it that the backline didn't look as sharp as they normally did. With, with I think they looked dreadful. With exception of the O'Flaherty try. But so you don't think that missing no, no, those I, players contributed think... to it? The best players in the world, literally, literally top players in the world, if they played like that, they weren't coming on to balls at the right time. They yeah, but would the best players... But yeah, but would those well, it, the better players have played like that? It as if the execution of the move... Because the way Exeter go forward, uh, you know, they've got these big sweeping behind, you know, you know um, wedge-type moves, like behind the backs and so forth... And that's what was off. Now, I think you're right. They would win with their better players because those better players would probably muster something out of nothing. But actually, you know, they looked, they looked flat and they looked, you know, kind of out of practice. I think that is, I think it is so much because of the players and having like a centre combination of Hill and Witten, who are, are good players but have not played much together this season. Instead of Slade and... Devoto. Slade and Devoto. Is Devoto injured? England he's with squad. England. He's retained by the England squad. Well, Devoto is. Devoto was. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, Tom Hendricks looks. Uh, Hen- is it Hendrickson? Hendrickson looks like a fitness model. <laughs> his shoulders, <laughs> massive shoulders. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, but, I think Gloucester. Will, they will obviously be delighted. Gloucester left quite a few points out there, and it's not often that you can blow tries like yeah. they did a couple of times out wide with Woodward, um, and a couple of times near in, in the tight. It's not often you can do that and get the win against Exeter. Yeah, I tell you what as well. I think Willie Hines for Gloucester is massively important. I think, uh, or well, even more so now, um, Signor 
Callum Braley is going to be going to play for Italy. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. Bra- yeah, uh, Braley. Uh, it's, it's what he dreamed of as he was growing up. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. He was. Um, he, and they've got to do it. You know, if you want Italy to be. And if he doesn't sing the national anthem next weekend, it's it's just because he's so overwhelmed with emotion. That's absolutely. the only yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. That he's an international. Yeah. Yeah, uh, when I saw him a few weeks ago, I didn't think he was going to be an international. Let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> yeah, Heinz is very, very important for um, for Gloucester. I think his partnership with, with, with Cipriani, if they're going to do something this year, uh, it's going to be based around those two. Yeah. yeah. So lots of lots of good things from Gloucester's point of view there. Uh, we already touched on Quinns, but I think we sh- they were some people's court pick for relegation. And I think we were talking about them in those terms after yeah. a few weeks. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's I think Paul Gustard and, and his and his coaching team have to be given a lot of credit because it's um, it's pretty remarkable where they sit currently. And he has put a bit of bite back in their defence, their defensive structures, which you would expect from Gustard. Yes. Defensive structures are good. Bringing the young talent through is very good, and also it does help exactly as you said before, having that that leadership group, that senior leadership group available. Almost all year round. And all with the carrot of a potential World Cup in front of them. They are, yeah. I mean, I don't think they'd give less than 100% for Quinns, but no. Mike Brown looks great. Chris Robshaw for a first game back, that yep. was immense. Yeah, Danny Kerr looking great yeah. as well. And combine that with the young guys, exactly as we said before. Yeah. It's exciting times for Quinns. It is. It is. Worcester got themselves a bonus point, which helps. Will be important in the oh, league. Yes, yeah. Yep. Not one team got a losing bonus point uh, this, this week, as in... Within points, yeah. apart from Bristol. Leicester looked like they were going to get... They went within seven. It was 22-29, wasn't it? They got ah, four. yes. Yeah, Leicester looked like they were going to get a bonus point and potentially win the game and then got blown away by uh, Sarri's in the no, final Yeah, quarter. that was interesting. Because yeah. they, they mostly held... It wasn't a great game for the first 60 minutes. It wasn't right. a great game, flat out. They mostly held uh, the Saracens team, with the exceptions of a couple of kind of brain farts, uh, both actually from Dan Cole chasing kicks where he let Gallagher and uh, Goode through on different occasions. Apart from that, they held them very well until that last 10 minutes, last 15 minutes when the power, the fitness, the experience, I guess, mm. of of uh, an undercooked Saracens team against an undercooked uh, Leicester team came through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I- not related to the game, but something I thought during the game. England are blessed with young, talented sevens. So, I mean, we're not even talking about uh, the Willis boys at the moment because I think one, well, they're just getting definitely back from, ones. well, one's but, getting back from a knee injury, right? I definitely think the older one I'm is more sure of a six or I mean, an he's eight. He's a six, yeah. He's, he's Did not I say like, eight? You no, said, said seven. seven. I, I think he's a, yeah. Oh, I think he's definitely a seven. Nah. He gets over, over that ball brilliantly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like when it was him versus Curry, uh, it was sale away at Wasps. It was billed as you know the future of the England seven shirts. So you know I I, I do look at him as a as a seven. But okay. I, but, either, but but either way, yeah. there's another guy which we which we don't talk about. I'm sure Saracens do. But Ben Earl. Well, he's in the England squad now. But Eddie Jones has called him up into the 33 man squad. Has he? And yeah. he's been in and around. Yeah, and I, he has played a little bit of six, a little bit of an eight. But I think his build and his athleticism long term he need, he needs to be a seven if he's going to play international yeah. but i just don't i think the other sevens in front of him international in underhill yeah and and curry and, curry. and, curry, and yeah. then there's another curry yeah. he's pretty good and they are those two slash three well, however you look at it they I, are 
I th- Definitely. You know, j- jumping games. I think Lewis Ludlam might say, "Hold on, you can't yeah, mention, wait, you yeah. can't mention Ben Curry if you're not going to mention me because yeah. there, there was only one seven on that f- on that field at Franklin's Gardens that you were talking the answer, about." Well, the problem with this game is I literally can't tell you anything about it. I've watched the highlights because you you sort of bleached your eyes after you watched yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, blinded by tears. Yeah, yeah, blinded by tears. Um, that's exactly what happened. Um, <laughs> Yeah, what I've... an absolute beatdown! This is the this is the biggest defeat for Sale in twenty years. That's amazing. I mean, that is that's astounding, isn't it? Uh, the reason I can't tell you anything about it is because I've watched the highlights about eight times now, and there is actually no room in those highlights for any rugby because it's just <laughs> they just try try, 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 try. Then try, and then Northampton tries. It's, it's actually the the three and a half minute version uh, on BT. They they don't even have time to show all the tries because yeah, yeah. because multiple <laughs> of them are eighty plus meter tries <clears throat> which take ten fifteen twenty seconds just in itself to get the try. Yeah, um, and, and, and you know, there's almost the, the, as many we, we points have, as there are seconds of highlights. <laughs> we, we have well, got, there are, eight, eight, yeah, there are, there are way more. <laughs> we have got um, Saints fans who listen who've sort of responded and said, "There you go." I, I was listening to to your midweek podcast talking about the domestic rugby and. I was seething when you were writing off Northampton's chances. I think, well, I mean, JB wrote them off very strongly. I, I also said I thought Sale would win. But the reason is, is I was looking at the, the, the potential team list, team sheets and going, yes, you've got a lot of promising young players, but a back line with Hutchinson, Furbank um, and, a bunch, and, and these other guys versus the international back line of Sale Sharks, I thought Sale would come out on top. Mm. And And, you know... Northampton were also without ribbons and laws in their in their engine room. As I well. am literally. I mean, some of the tries Sale Northampton were abs- scoring as well. I mean, yeah. they were just going around the outside of Sale. They were running it from their own twenty-two. You know that. I mean, I think that Ludlam. Let's call it the Ludlam try. He didn't score. The Co- Co- um, Cobus Ryan scored. But he just ploughed through the defence. Like yeah, they were there. that was and that's that like a wake-up call. I think this is complacency. Um, it. Because Sale's last premiership game was beating Saracens. A full-blooded Saracens. <laughs> yeah. And now they've just got humped by Northampton. Uh, yeah, I think there's complac- there will be some compl- complacency go- go- going on. It, there was a game last year when S- Sale lost, and I can't remember who it was. But uh, but Diamond sat down and he said, you know, we've got to look at, look at our basics. And after that, they were far, far better. And I think that these games do occasionally come around. Uh, Gloss had one at the AJ Bell. 47 points. And it, it, it's just an aberration. I mean, that's that's the only thing I can put it down to because there's no way sale or that's bad. But but when the when the race for top four is as hot as it was, and they could have been in the mix, oh, they would yeah, yeah, they, they would so, be top top four now. But Northampton again with their young with their young guys, like you sort of touched upon, Chris Boyd seems to have them in a really positive frame of mind. Where if they see it, they they go, go, there's no fear, is there? And there's no more, better example of that than the way Cobus Reinach's playing. Who, if you sort of looked at the Premiership and said, "Pick the, pick the world, best world player of the year nominee, best scrum half," you'd pick Corbus Reinach ninety nine times out of hundred. That guy's been immense this season. Yeah, Thirteen so. tries in all competitions. I mean, sale and to be fair, sale tried serious gas. And sale tried everything to, rapid. Sale tried everything to claw it back. Uh, they even introduced Will Cliff on six sixty one minutes. <laughs> and, uh, 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 simply wasn't enough. Yeah. Um, Real, yeah. yeah, real shame for and sale it, fans. It, what was very interesting as well was Dan Bigger goes off after twenty minutes. Uh, Piers Francis goes to ten. Yeah. Tom Collins comes on. The backline reshuffles, and it didn't seem to phase them 
at all. No, Pierce France had a tremendous game. Yeah, yeah, really great game. He had a brilliant game, and some of those offloads were outrageous, though. Yeah, even offloading when they offloading when they didn't didn't need to. The, the guy, the felt, nine Ravoro offload for, yeah. the, for that first Corbus Rhinoc try. Oh my word! Incredible! It's ridiculous. Um, the, I mean, the, the guy who's going to hate his highlights this week is young Aaron Reed. So the last three he, tries, yeah, I mean, well, uh, oh, he's not he going to want to watch them. He looked like it's it's one of the first times I've seen him play. He looked like a fish out of water on that well, wing, defending on, that wing. He, he looked like he was on an island on his own. Yeah. I mean, I, I felt sorry for him. It looked like everyone else had given up and Aaron Reed's still trying to defend. He's trying to defend three players. Yeah, and it, you know, what What can you do? Uh, I felt very, very sorry for him. Yeah. But Northampton's, Northampton's youngsters look seriously good. So yeah, I'm, I'm and, and the Boyd, Boyd effect, he's, he's got yeah. them playing does. a very nice way. He does, and he when he first came in, he was very honest and said, "No, because it was." I I remember asking him myself, and he got asked quite a lot. You know, are you going to try and bring in the the blueprint that's been so successful for you in New Zealand? And uh, it's like, no. I love no, that no, answer. No, 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 he no. means yes, doesn't he? Well, no, but he didn't initially. It was like, no, I've got to be pragmatic, and it's got to be baby steps. But th- you've got to remember, we've had this like five weeks of Challenge Cup and Premiership Cup. He's had a bit of time, and he, this has been building slowly, but this is a perfect little period for him to have really let the reins out a bit, and and it, well, it's it's promising. It's good. It's good to watch. It yeah. is, and if you're a Saints fan, it, it is very exciting. Yeah. Saint, yeah, Saints and Quins are probably the two most, well, they're probably the most upward trajectory compared to last year. Gloucester, another one in some good up, upward trajectory mm. at the moment. As for the final game uh, from the Premiership, Wasps coming away from Ashton Gate with a win. Yeah, Bristol it, getting one point, the losing bonus point. They will be disappointed with that at home to a not entirely full-strength Wasps team. Yeah. Yeah, I thought Bristol would win that. Disappointed that they didn't. Um, so, <gasps> something that kind of... It was, it was probably the most disappointing moment if I w- were wearing a Bears hat was the Will Ro- Will Rowlands try. Yes. Because, so the way that Bristol want to play is this expansive game. And the expansive game is all predicated on reacting to opportunity and space and taking it. And they tried to play, it, it was two or three passes. They dropped the ball in midfield. No one reacts. So none of their players reacted. What react first and... Before you know it, Will Rollins is galloping 40 yards to score under the post. And that that just seems completely opposite and counterintuitive to the way... It's not... Bristol obviously don't want to drop the ball, but just reacting so slowly, is it just seems against the way that Pat Lamb wants mm. them playing. So that was really disappointing, that element. Yeah, I think they've, they've got enough clear water, I think. But uh, it's, they, what we were we were asked, do you think it's a, it could be a... a th- I think it was Ryan Keesel, um friend of... Uh, you know long-time listener who said, could Bristol now be sucked into it there? I think it's like, how many points are they ahead? They are eight points ahead. They're eight on 25, Worcester 22, Newcastle 17. So you sort of think Newcastle have to win three more so. games than Bristol win in the rest of the season with nine games left. I, I, I think Bristol, I mean, they could be sucked into it, but I think Bristol have got enough. I don't, I can't see Newcastle winning three more games than Bristol. Although Newcastle-Bristol is the final game of the season. Yeah, it's... I can't. You, you, the problem with Newcastle, that team, I know they can do it because we've seen it last year. They did top four last year. 
It's just I've not seen it for so long this in the Premiership this season that they've had games where they should have got things out of it and just didn't. They just ended up like that, that Bath game. They could have, going into that, they probably would have thought, yeah, we can get a point. We can maybe get two points out of this game. And they just didn't. They just weren't good enough. Tough. It is tough. Um, Super Rugby started then. Yeah, I didn't watch it. Why is Super Rugby defence optional? What, well, what, what? so the, the games I saw this weekend, and it's only the ones, I've only seen a couple, the Waratahs game, the Kane, the um, yeah, Kane's Waratahs, Crusaders, whoever it was, Crusaders Blues, yeah. and Chiefs Highlanders. All three of those were a one-point or two-point game. They were all real close arm wrestles. It was actually the kicking, particularly in the Blues game, where I can't remember the name of the chap, their kicker missed two late oh, penalties. Yeah, yeah. In the Blues that they've just signed. Manonu. Oh, Manonu. Manonu. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're, we're... Pro- promising young guy. Yeah, I think... He's I think... a bolter for the World Cup. He yeah. might go okay, you know. <laughs> um, and I, my beloved Canes won against the Waratahs thanks to Bernard Foley yep. missing an absolute sitter. Absolute sitter. And it, they, Shocker. It seemed like... The ref wanted to give them a couple of chances, but uh, fortunately the Canes, they lost the line out the Waratahs in the last minute. Yeah, the, so, only, the only thing Super Rugby is good for is going to Twitter and pretending you are a bigger fan of Super Rugby than everyone else. That, that's that, that's basically it. And then lauding the skills and the, cliche, cliche, cliche about the state, the state of the stadiums. I mean, uh, admittedly, we've all been at um, uh, Kingston Park when it's been half empty. We've been to the AJ Bell when there's been 4,000 people in When it, was so. that? <laughs> Uh, most, most, oh, weeks. When, um, most weeks most weeks City Reds play yeah? <laughs> <laughs> so but but it is it is horrible to watch those Australian stadiums particularly well they're so big as well aren't they yeah and some of the South African ones are oh, not, oh, so, not well, amazing so, and also the South African ones are crum, like crumbly old stadiums and you know yeah it's not good speaking of the AJ Bell I drove past this evening oh yeah do you know what's outside the AJ Bell at the moment a fair, a cir- I'm guessing um, a circus yeah, or something. A fun fair. I was going to say, <laughs> which yeah. is quite apt for yeah. their performance this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. The irony. Right. Well, let's cast our mind ahead to the weekend coming. Then Six Nations. How do you see Wales England? What, what do you think, Cardiff? How do you see it go? <sighs> All right, England are going to be far too powerful. Uh, You're going to curse us, JB. The blueprint has been set. Uh, if if England can be overpowered, if they are they are vulnerable. This Welsh team does not have enough power to overpower England. It's in Cardiff, though. It doesn't matter. Uh, England by two scores. It, uh, this is, and I, I don't want to say this, people are going to remind me of this in the way that they'll remind Warren Gatland of the we've forgotten how to lose. Some, people, some would argue, with Scotland and Italy at home left, this is Grand Slam, potentially the pivotal moment of a, for a Grand Slam. I would love it. I would love it if we beat them. <laughs> Um, it's Cardiff. I'm not getting ahead of myself at all. This is the test, and I think I think England might get through it with the skin of their teeth, but it's not going to be anything like Dublin or Twickenham so far. Uh, can I tell you what I I kind of hope happens? Wales are on an eleven game. <laughs> Wales are on an eleven game JB winning Cup, streak. JB Cup holders. I wasn't going to mention that. Yeah, who, who takes the JB Cup if Wales lose? Off the top of my head, I don't know. I'd have to go through a long list of calculations. Um, <laughs> Yeah, now, in my mind, what happens is England come out firing, they kick the ball away, Wales retain it, they start making good ground, England get flustered, they start 
bickering at each other. Owen Farrell is not happy with defence. Charges up the line, takes off someone's head. Red card. That'd be that'd be a great start. Um, <laughs> Two of JB's premonitions ticked off in one box there. Tick, tick, and then it all just crum. It it's all weird. just crumbles. So you're supporting Wales again this week. Because you were, France, you were, I'll be France. Yeah, <laughs> France and Italy. Uh, uh, France, I'll, well, and France, France and Dean Bud. France, Italy in the uh, in the shambles. Bowl. Well, weirdly, because I've got this, this bet that France finished last in the Six Nations. Um, if if Italy got, can sneak a, a win, just to just to remind anyone who's thinking that JB's trying to airbrush history. No, he he said it was an he, accident. He put on the whiteboard that France would win the Six Nations, and then accidentally I, mi- I misspelled it. I meant the World Cup. Um, <laughs> accidentally put a bet on uh, France losing when yep. he meant to put a better bet on them. Winning. Yeah, so I've got one of them winning and one of them losing. Now, if they lose, I'm in for a big payout. <laughs> so fingers crossed. Although I will be supporting the boys. Uh, yeah, so, so, so JB, you're saying England by two scores. Yeah, Tim, I'm saying England by two points. And I, I th- so as I said before, I think Wales, if they, if everything goes right, and if they do those three things that I said before, they can really frustrate that I'm, England team. I'm massively worried about Wales. Uh, I think, I think England should just have enough. They've got. They've got a very strong team out. Uh, we don't know the team yet, but assuming it's going to be very similar to the last couple of weeks, they'll have got a very strong team, even missing Marrow, even missing Mako. Uh, I think they will have enough to win by five to seven points. Scotland, are the, are the wheels could fall off for Scotland. I'm a, bit, a little bit worried about them. They, they could go, they were looking like they were looking up. They could be back to being fifth again. And it's something that we've flagged previously about both Six Nations and World Cups for Scotland is their first team is brilliant mm. their depth unfortunately not is great. just not there yet and they're, they're building it so someone like King Hong coming in he is um, an able replacement for Stuart Hogg he is not Stuart Hogg I just watched Stuart Hogg and I think he's just a walking injury like, continually you're just waiting for him to break down for the next game it's never something too serious it's always something like yeah, he's going to be out for two games, but they're always two important games. They need to go and find themselves a few guys who've been dreaming of wearing the thistle growing up in, uh, you know, altitude in South Africa. You know, <laughs> that'd be perfect. Go, going to like WP now went to school dreaming of playing for Scotland, so they need to go and find a few, a few more like that. And oh, great, they'll find great us. mates, and great mates in New Zealand, just in, in, dreaming of running out of Murrayfield. Yep, and to think that he achieved it. A wonderful story. I know, it's an amazing story, isn't it? It really is. Dreams do come true. So 2.15 on Saturday, Scotland travelled to France, to Paris. Yeah. Now, Finn Russell got taken off today. Oh, my he word. He scored a try for Racing today. Did you watch the game? Today, I today, didn't watch it. Six games before. Six days, he, Six yeah. days, he has to fly to Scotland, then he's going to fly back to Paris. He might as well just stay in Paris. I know. So, it's a farce, six, really. six days is the shortest in line with World Rugby protocols, player return protocols. If everything goes absolutely perfectly, is the shortest possible turnaround. We will see. I mean, if he if he stays in France and he's under some French doctors, I'm sure he can get through those uh, head injury protocols. If he goes to Scotland, they might not be as uh, lenient. Mm. Well, did you watch the Racing versus Toulouse game? No. no. One so word. Toulouse won it in the end. Reckless. 
Really? Everyone is so reckless. <laughs> like, they can't, like, everything is last minute. Everything is, you know, a mad panic. Instead of relying on a, a structured, steady defensive line, they'll let you through and they'll prefer to scramble later, you know, and then they're offloading everywhere, even if it's not on. It's, it was glorious. It was like super rugby. It's a sort of Gallic super rugby. That's what it is. Beautiful. Yeah, they, they do things in France. If you did it in Super Rugby, like, oh, just look at the freedom of expression. In France, it's like, oh, idiots. <laughs> these, yeah, these clowns, what are they doing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was great to watch. It really was. I, I love, um, as a French centre, Gitoun. Yeah. Boy can really play. I'll tell you what. He's played on the wing as well, hasn't he? Yes. He started, very, he started in the France's first game of the tournament. Very quietly. Very oh, no, quietly. No, no, no. No, no, yeah. no, no, he's not in the French squad, but no, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, very quietly, uh, Zach Holmes might be the best-paid Aus- Australian um, rugby union player in the world. In the world, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he might be right up there, and no one knows who he is. I yeah. certainly don't know much about him, other than he plays. It'd be like Brock James, yeah, who, who probably for years was right up there in terms of the best-paid, and no one really knew who he was. Yeah, I just see it going. France back on the horse, and and wagons rolling again, or. So they, there is real trouble in the French camp. There's talk of player revolts. Where the, France? <laughs> there's talk. The usual thing. Are they going to? Is their kit changed to little yellow vests? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I saw kids in yellow vests on a, a school trip the other day. I ran a mile. Terrifying. Terrifying. Um, mm. So it, I don't know. I, I think it depends who's in charge of the team talk and the tactics. I think if you get Picamoles, Lopez, Para, um, Dupont, some of those players in charge, some of the intelligent and senior guys, like you had when Harry Nordeke and Dusatois took control in the World Cup in 2011, then France could do something really well. I think they've lost, from, from the outside, it looks like they've lost any respect for their coaches. And so if it's... Brunel pulling the strings or trying to pull the strings, you could end up with another farce. What a mess. Mm. I would... Mm. Yeah. I don't know, really. I'd like to see him win, but on the other hand, I kind of want to pick up that cash. Um, <laughs> what about uh, Conor O'Shea? There's mumblings, mumblings about him. So, if if Finn Russell plays, give me Scotland by five. Oh, it's also worth saying that Greg Laidlaw played twenty. Uh, sorry, scored twenty kick, points. Kicked the winning points to get for Claremont. For yeah. Claremont, He'd yeah, gone back, gone back to the top of the table. Yeah. Mm. Um, so if Finn Russell mm. plays, I think Scotland by five. If he doesn't play, and uh, Brunel doesn't do anything, and the players take charge, I think France by eight. Yeah, I think those both sound rather sensible, Philip. I think France narrowly. Notice how I'm sitting on the fence and not yeah. predicting either way. France. Give me Scotland by five, no matter what. France. Just. Scotland's a win. Scotland by five, yeah. And Sunday, yeah. three o'clock. So, yeah. There's... So, you're absolutely right. So, yeah, there's, there's rumours that apparently some people have been approached um, to take over as Italy boss. I think this would be dangerous reactionary um, stupidity. Who? Who though? Well, I, don't, I, don't, I think I think they're I talking think, about people from the from the southern hemisphere. I think anyone really replace. Matter. I think the structures that Conor O'Shea have 
have influenced and helped to put in place are working wonders for JB's beloved Benetton. I think just. I think it will take a long time for it to properly filter through to the top level, but I think Conor O'Shea is the best man and the right man to do it. I would be really, really disappointed if Conor O'Shea gets let go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's okay to say, and I agree with you entirely, but I will also say Italy have been awful. They, they, they have been yeah. an absolute shambles. They, yeah, they really have. Yeah, they really have. So it's okay for both. Both things can be true. Conor O'Shea can have bedded in yep. some yep. systems and processes that will benefit them in the long term. Will Conor O'Shea be there long enough to uh, see them come to fruition? In, I mean, in much the same way as you could, you can say Stuart Lancaster has done a lot for Eddie Jones's England team. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I just question you on this, Phil. Who's really done most for Benetton? <laughs> <laughs> is it is it, is it really O'Shea or is it the well is it me? I I think it is a fair question to ask. Mm. I think it, it's a fair question to ask. I think it would be unfair of me to give an answer. Yeah, who you know, would know who would know who Dean Bud was if it wasn't for you? Exactly, exactly. And now we all do. Great leader, great man. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, can we just not just brush over that? I mean, that was a tremendous win for Benetton. And now equal was. equal on points to. To Edinburgh, um, I think the first time ever they'll probably make the playoffs. I mean, that, this, this is serious business now. It is. It's tight at the top. So in, in Conference B, Leinster are miles ahead. They're twenty-two points ahead. Yeah. After... Which, by the way, for those people that say, "Oh, well, look how good the Pro 14 is compared to," so no, no, the Pro 14 kind of looks like every other uh rugby competition that Leinster play in. Leinster dominates it. It doesn't tell you anything about the quality of the rest of it. And also, I'm sorry, like I don't think any of those Pro 14 sides would have beaten any Premiership side this this weekend. So I know that sounds like a big statement, but if you look at the team sheets, they're an absolute joke. <laughs> they're a, they're you're, a just, joke. you're just looking at the next James Ryan and Jordan Lama. Oh, no, no, I know. Actually, did John, Jordan Lama did play, I think. Yeah, Jordan Lama did. Actually, may, maybe, no, in the case of Leinster, they would probably do a job. They, yeah, they, 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 they'd, they'd beat several Premiership sides. Let me yeah, take that they back. would do. Leinster aside. Benetton would have beaten most Premiership sides this weekend. <laughs> Leinster aside. <laughs> Benetton would have beaten Sale this weekend. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Who wouldn't have beaten Sale this week? Yeah. I mean, and, that, and that's to Leinster's credit, and it's not anything. They're all in the same boat. I get it. It just means on this weekend, as I've said it before, I think the Pro 14's done is a great competition. It's, it's, it's got, Have we said that before? It's got really positive things, but these weekends are, are, a, are a, they're a joke. I don't, like, I don't like them. One of the. I've, I have unfortunately watched some of the highlights of Ulster Ospreys, which highlights in a nil eight win away from home. Highlights is Oh made, god, yeah, that Ospreys got no points at home. Nothing. Amazing. Zero. Ulster Amazing. only got eight. Only got eight, thank God. So um Ulster probably got quite a good team actually actually. Not too bad. Ulster, Ospreys almost got a losing bonus point if it wasn't for a Cooney penalty in the last second. They would have got a, scored zero points and got a losing bonus point. <laughs> wow, that is awful. So Wowza. yeah, um, I'm struggling to get excited about Sunday's game. Um, it was yeah. Fact, fact, so Sunday, it, Sunday's game, I mean, three o'clock. Italy hosting Ireland. Beat down. It's it, Ireland will probably change up a few combinations mm, to yeah, to right. keep people fresh. I expect Calvary to play a full game. Yes. Um, even if Sexton is fit, I expect Calvary to get the full time. You'll you'll see a few other combinations, um, maybe a couple of the back rowers. Beat down. And yeah, even with a largely second string Island Island team, by 27 points. 
Yeah, it's going to be more Ireland by more than 20 in Rome. Ugh. Great drinking city, Rome. I really it ch- is. Really ch- changed my mind on Rome. As, I wish we'd spent two days in Rome and, and none in Marseille. Yeah, yeah. No, no days in I'm Marseille. Never going back to Marseille. Yeah. Never, ever. Hell on earth. Awful. Such a bad town. Um, yeah. But so we, had, we had a great time because we had a few beers with some, some great people. Mm. But other than that, horrible city. Yeah, how much would you, how much more would you like to have spent that same time with those same, same people, people in Rome? Yes. That'd be much, much better. When rats aren't literally crawling across the tables in front of you. There are rats on the streets in Marseille. Yeah. Unbelievable. What, what a hole. Do <laughs> um, no, you know what? I'd be in a yellow jacket if I lived in Marseille. It's a joke. <laughs> uh, Premiership fixtures. W- w- would you? Yeah. Just one. Would yeah. you? Would you have been in uh, Manchester Town Centre on Friday if you were a school kid in Manchester? Now, would I be what would in you, my little yellow jacket? Yeah. No. No. Would you have been? I, uh, would you have been out like the weird protesting pe- climate change? Oh God, yeah! Oh no, that Tim. This weekend, Tim, don't get him started. Please <laughs> don't. Do you think it's a weird thing started. to encourage kids to go on strike? It's bizarre. Yeah, I, I mean, it would. Look at Phil, he's the, horrified. The teachers I just. The teachers. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll do this very quickly and very uncontroversially. The one thing I would say is, um, the teachers apparently were very encouraging and supportive, and said as long as you write a letter telling me why, that's fine. You can go. With I can't wait for him to write like an anti-immigration letter and say, and exactly "Do you mind what, if I go on strike about that's, this?" That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Careful what you wish for. Exa- kids are stupid. Exactly what I was going to say. That's why they're kids. That's yeah. why they go to school. They go to school because they don't know anything, and you send them to school and you fill them with knowledge. Don't no, let them. But JB, it's their, it's their future. Oh, it's God. their future. That's right. Kids are. Th- I heard this somewhere. Kids are the future. Madness. Anyway, <laughs> I mean it's it, it's true. Kids will, on average, live longer than people that are older than them. Kids will grow up. How, uh, they're in school for however, a reason. However, however, there is some. Uh, funnily enough, when you chat to a kid and then you chat to uh, someone who's say in their eighties who's lived a long life and experienced a lot and paid a lot of taxes and seen a lot of different things, there's, there's there is a difference in wisdom. Yeah, old people are racist <laughs> though, so you know. Yeah. And if enough of them die, you know. It's yeah, great. enough of them die, then yeah. Uh, anyway, and people don't people don't change their mind about things as they no, grow older. No, they don't. No. <laughs> uh, Gallagher Premier <laughs> fixtures. <laughs> right, Friday night, we've got Gloucester hosting Saracens. This is interesting because Gloucester don't really lose anyone. Gloucester, unless Ollie Thorley gets picked on the wing for England. Gloucester. Saracens do lose a lot, a lot. Of pl- a lot of players, and it wasn't the same Saracens team that we saw against last. No, time. they did very well actually. Bearing in mind, in the, the end, they did. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't a great performance. It's a Premiership this weekend. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. There's four weeks of Premiership, and then we might be trying to black it out, Jay. Then we're into Europe. So yeah, so oh, g- it, yeah, you're right. Give me Gloucester. Mm. Yeah, I think Gloucester as well. Gloucester at home. I, I did pick Gloucester to beat Exeter, Exeter, Exeter as well. Or, as did yeah. JB. To be fair, yeah, mm-hmm. I picked Exeter. Um, yeah, I think Gloucester. Then Saturday, so two o'clock. Interesting. So we've got France Scotland kicks off at two fifteen. We've got two games that kick off at two, mm. uh, and well, all the games are during that game basically because they're all before the England game. So Quinns host Bristol. Quinns at home. Quinns, Quinns yeah. and I think it might be quite a big win for Quinns. You never know with Quinns, but yeah, on the current form. Wasps host Sale. Do you think, do you think, Jay? Do you think Sale will be in for an old school week of training from Diamond? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, yes, 
I mean, by, uh, look, by, by definition, I mean he's going to be nasty, horrible, racist, spit in their face, urinate <laughs> on them, beat them with sticks. Yeah, well, let's see what Sam Peters says. But bully um, them. Yeah, not not the tough as nails and get really down to some gritty spit and sawdust <laughs> training. Um, they're gonna. Well, questions have have to be answered. Uh, I think there are some lads there who are getting paid a lot of money to perform not very not very well. I'm not going to mention any. any any names, but you know, there is there is a case that maybe some of them could be in better shape too, mm. uh, and work harder. Uh, and I think that will come to fruition, and it will all come from what they see on video. You know, I'm not going to say anything which which they're not going to see, see, see themselves. So they'll get that straightened out because they always do. And they've got. Well, and how do you think they'll get on going down to wasps? I think who... they'll beat them. I think it's going to be a big bounce back. There's going to be changes to this team. That, that's for sure. Billy Sell looked good for Bristol uh, for uh, Wasps against Bristol against his old club, but he's injured. He's injured, yeah. For the rest, probably for his, the rest of the uh, season. His replacement now. is okay though, isn't it? Yeah. Sopper Wang is all right. Yeah. So I mean, Sopper Wang hasn't properly gelled into that Wasps team from what I've seen so far. But an extended they, they period in the team. Wasps won't have Dan Robson this week. Yes. That's big. Yeah. But it, is Simpson fit? Or is he injured? Will he? Sorry. Launchbury won't be available, or will he be released back to uh, No, Launchbury wasn't there this weekend either. Yeah, Launchbury Nor, nor was Nathan Hughes. So it was just Dan Robson was sent back to get some game time with Wasps. Looked really sharp. Was influential in the win against uh, Wasps. Yeah, Sale... They don't have him. Sale will win this. I fancy Sale to win, but then I fancied Sale to beat Northampton, so I could have egg on my face twice in a row, but I, I, I do fancy Sale to win. Wasps are losing significantly more players than Sale. They are. Uh... They still have a good team, and I think I think the sale overall this season, ignoring this one blip, which I, I genuinely generally think you are right on that. Um, I think it was a blip; it was a hell of a blip, massive speed bump. But um, I think they will bounce back. Is whether they can bounce back sufficiently to beat Wasps at home? I think they can, and if they don't, uh, they're not a top four team. That's what it comes down to. So they need it. Uh, they do need it. Next. Instead of Wasp for a top four, but yeah. Exeter host Newcastle. Poor poor Newcastle. This is not the game they need. This is a good game for Exeter to get back on the horse. Is it home or away? It's at Sandy Park. Yeah, forget it. This is. This could be 40 points plus for Exeter. Albeit, it's probably the best time to play Exeter. It is because they're losing a load of players. They're losing all their players. But they will be seriously motivated after that I also think they're a sort of team who will probably learn from a defeat yeah Yeah, they don't they don't tend to make the same mistake twice no Um, so yeah we're all saying a handy win for Exeter Northampton Saints host Bath it'll be Northampton by 67 plus points (laughs) this will be I think this will be a try fest Mm. we we didn't mention Bath win Bath, Bath, Bath won but unconvincingly yeah, we we spoke about Newcastle in that game actually. Yeah, we did. Um, it's good to see Jonathan Joseph back. Good to see his twinkling feet and that little kick through for the Thokkenes Singer try yeah, was the, very nice. The try made in Sunbury, finished at finished at the wreck. Yeah, London Irish, London Irish West coming to the <laughs> fore again. JJ to Fiji Joe. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, have you seen JJ's brother by the way, who plays for London Irish? Who looks the spitting image of JJ. Does he? The spitting image. Good lad. Mm. Uh, we all say Northampton? I think Northampton should win at, at home. Whoever's at home would win that one. Yeah, Northampton. Northampton to build on that, that good uh, good win. And then 
on Sunday. Albeit without bigger, but there you go. Yeah, with Piers Francis, I mean, Dan who? Mm. Um, You're going to be doing a bit of a... Bit of wheeling and dealing on fancy rugby draft fields to try and f- try and fill your fly half slot. Well, I've got Madigan as backup. Oh, okay. So, oh, mm. I'm okay. My season is over now, by the way. After you hump me, <laughs> yeah, my season's looking pretty ropey. Just playing, just playing for pride now. My right. season wasn't great, but then I, I, it was okay. But then I picked up free agents Oli Thorley and Alex Dombrant and and I and, and uh, Ibatoya as well actually and Ibatoya and also I for some reason decided oh, yeah. to, to ditch Bristol's front row yeah which I've been cursing myself but that would have won me several games that was fairly time. handy because they've, they've been oh. sensational since I picked them up oh dear oh dear boys well at least you don't have uh, Johan uh, Janzi von Rensburg <laughs> whatever his name is uh, Sam James Denny Salamona <laughs> AJ McGinty, Josh Strauss, Josh Strauss, John Ross. John Ross. <laughs> we did always say you were a little bit reliant on one team. Yeah, Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Look, I did the statistical analysis, and they are the best players in those positions. So, <laughs> I don't know what happened. This is the hardest year to have, to have, to. Well, no, this is the. It's made it, it made it most fun, but the fantasy rugby draft this season with the number of young players coming out of the blue, and who would have predicted the season Ollie Thorley's had? I know. Who would have predicted that Paul Gustard would come in and never use Tim Visser again? Yep. How's that, is that right? Has he never picked uh, Tim I Visser? I think he's picked him in one game. That's amazing. Yeah. I wonder what the dynamic is there. Does Tim Visser not care? Does he not train hard? So he retired from international rugby last season. But that shouldn't... I, I don't know. Is he injured or has he had injuries? I don't know. I'd, lo- I'd love to know, though. He's a fine player when, when he's on song. He certainly so, is. So was Charlie Walker. So Charlie Walker was like the next great thing. He's like the next Johnny May. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's been a weird one for fantasy rugby draft. So um yeah, Saints to beat Bath and the last game. Worcester host Leicester. Uh, uh Worcester Worcester tasty. beat Leicester at Wilford Road, didn't they? They did, they did. Hmm. Oh dear. No Ben Tail. So no, no difference well, there. We don't know there's no Ben Tail. Yeah, oh, we know it's Worcester. Um <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Uh, no Ted Hill. Why? I think he's with the under-20s, isn't he? Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, that's a problem. Um, Ollie, Ollie Atkinson. No, Ollie Lawrence. Lawrence. Uh, yeah, Ollie Lawrence had a great offload. So Worcester did score five tries, I think, against Quinns. A couple of good ones towards the end. Um, Ollie Lawrence made a couple of good breaks, good offload for, I can't remember who scored it in the end. Might have been Howe. Mm. Scored it, but he looked fairly sharp for the yeah, last good. twenty minutes or so. Yeah, Ollie Lawrence hasn't had that much game time forced this year, or it doesn't feel like he has it at least. So he's not. Gonna, I don't think they're going to massively miss those guys. Uh, I think they can turn them over at six ways. Uh, give me Leicester though. I'm going to go for Worcester at home. Yeah, Worcester will be focusing on this game. I feel mm. they're all much better coached than Worcester. It's interesting hearing, uh, I think, I'm, I'm sure it was Nick Mullins. Yeah, it was Nick Mullins doing the commentary, talking about Tamua, talking about his prominence w- during the international games when, obviously, George Ford, backline leader, team leader, coordinator of everything that they do, he's obviously away. So Tamua is paid the big bucks, paid marquee money, 
to be doing that role. So these are the games when he really has to step up into that fly half role and step up into that leadership role and earn those big bucks. Mm. So a lot will rest on Matsumura's shoulders in this game. Mm. Give me Leicester. Worcester just. Worcester. No, Leicester. Give me Leicester. All right. There we go. Right. Well done, everyone. Yes. So Good yeah. work. Do a little out, uh, an outro and, uh, yeah. You know where to find us, YouTube. Um, uh, Don't go to YouTube because there's nothing really recorded tonight, so there you go. <laughs> okay, <laughs> next time. A disaster. Next week, next Sunday next Sunday night after after the weekend's rugby, YouTube, uh, Twitter, rugby podcast. Oh, you know where to find us. Do all the rest of it. And uh, if I'm allowed to say it, let the boys play. Let the boys play. Beautiful. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.